Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Glory to your name. Father, we bless you on today. We thank you. God for ushering us into your presence on today we certainly feel your presence and God we thank you for your word God that says where two or three are gathered together in your name you are in the midst so father you're here on today and I believe God that you are here to do a work Lord so father we surrender ourselves into your hands right now God that you would have your way in this service touch every heart touch every life touch every mind god on today god and cause us to embrace your will and your purpose like never before i surrender myself lord into your hand into your hands on today god that i would be a vessel god that you would speak through lord god to cause us lord to come into those things that you have ordained for us on today we surrender to your holy spirit right now in the name of jesus and we pray god that deliverance will come as a result of the word on today god that the spirit of enlightenment lord will fill our hearts and our minds god like never before god and we ask you god uh, these things in the name of jesus christ uh, and somebody say amen Amen. come on say amen again amen Amen. praise the lord you may be seated amen we thank god for the praise and worship team on today for ushering us into um, the presence of the lord amen in psalms amen we bless god for that song i surrender all to you amen there comes a time that we need to remind ourselves as we remind ourselves we are also reminding the devil amen that i surrender all to him amen i'm living in surrender to the holy spirit and to the will of god amen and it's good to just remind yourselves of that periodically you know why because the enemy is always trying to pull you amen things are always trying to draw you but when you remind yourself i surrender to him he's my lord he is my king amen and when we do that the bible tells us this in james he said what submit yourselves what therefore to god and do what resist the devil and what he'll flee from you I got to submit to God, surrender to God. And when I surrender to God, I'm telling God to take charge. The devil don't have no power against God. Amen. Praise God. So we certainly thank God for the praise and worship team on this morning. Again, we greet you in the name of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. We certainly thank God for those of you that are here in the sanctuary that have come to worship the Lord with us as well as those of you that are online we always want to thank god for our online audience come on those of you here in the house give them a praise we thank god for our online audience you're part of the our father's house family and uh, we certainly want to um thank god for you joining in with us on this morning i believe that god want to speak to our hearts uh, through his word and I, I believe that this is something that God always endeavors to do as we come 
together to meet in his house. And I believe that God has a word for us on today. So we're going to go quickly into the word of God. We certainly thank God for a man keeping us in the midst of what could have been a man, a terrible storm. But thank God. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Amen. Somebody may say, well, it skirted us, but thank God that he caused it to skirt us. Amen. Praise God. As we read the news, we see that down in Florida, they had a number of deaths, I think over 40 deaths as a result of the storm. But God is still good. And we certainly pray for those families that have lost loved ones. You, you know, it's one thing to thank God for sparing you. And it's good. But let's also pray for those that were not as fortunate, families that were not. They, somebody's grieving this morning, amen, because of the loss, loss of loved ones. And not only loss of loved ones, but loss of homes. Some families lost everything. But certainly we pray for those that God would replenish and restore, amen, unto them, amen, those things that were lost. Let's go into the word of God. I'm going to go into <clears throat> the book of Philippians. We left off here on last week. And um, I want to go back and reconnect with that for the last several weeks now. In fact, by the almost two months now, we've been dealing with this particular subject matter, translation to transformation, from transformation to confirmation and the renewing of the mind and all of these work together. Um, and uh, we want to sort of continue there as we continue inside of what we feel that the Holy Spirit would have for us on today. <clears throat> One thing that you will find about, out about the ministry here, and I don't apologize for that, but you will find a lot that you will make, you will hear some repetitions Amen. Uh, something that I've said before, you'll hear it again. And as I said earlier, I don't apologize for that because you cannot continue to preach the word of God without preaching something over and over. Okay. And then there are some truths that are worthy of being repeated. It's worthy of being repeated. Um, I would dare to challenge any of you on today that you can recall a word that maybe you heard last year that you were walking inside of it. Amen. 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 So there are times that we need to be reminded of what God is saying to us. But I want to go into uh, Philippians, the second chapter on today. Again, we thank God for those of you that are here. Philippians 2 and 5. I want to start at the fourth verse. <clears throat> I want to start at the fourth verse because I believe that this is a very, very important scripture as we also go into this lesson on today. We'll come back to it later, but I want to sort of start here. In fact, I'll start at the third verse. Amen. Let's go to the third verse. It says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look at your neighbor sitting next to you. Look at your neighbor. Now, I want you to look at that scripture inside of the context 
inside of, as you look at each other, said, let each esteem the other better than themselves. <laughs> we'll go into that later on as we go into the lesson. The fourth verse, uh, the, fifth verse the fifth verse says, let this mind be in you, which was what? Also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no, no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As we look back at the fifth verse here, it says, "What let this mind be in you, which was what? Also in Christ Jesus. That's a challenge that Paul here is delivering to the church at Philippi. And as he have uh, uh, admonished the church here, to walk inside of the will and the character of God, he challenges them here, say, let this mind be in you. In other words, you have the power to allow that mind or you have the power to disallow that mind. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now let's go to Philippians, the fourth chapter. And we're going to start at the sixth verse. <clears throat> it says here, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications, let with, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made what known Unto God. How many of you ever have issues in your life and situations in your life? Okay. But the scripture here said, be careful or be anxious or worry about nothing. Okay. But in everything with what? Prayer, supplication, and what? Thanksgiving. Look at your neighbors and don't leave that out. All right. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to who? Don't pick up the phone and call your neighbor. Let your request be known unto what? And the peace of God, which passeth understanding, will do what? Keep your heart and mind, what? In Christ Jesus. I want my heart and my mind to stay in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us in Acts the 17th chapter, we're not going to go there. It said, what? In him, what? We live. In him, we Move and in him we what have our being. Now that sounds good, but is that a reality in our lives? I want to talk to us just for a few minutes on this subject kingdom mind, kingdom character. <clears throat> kingdom mind and kingdom character. These two phrases work together as we are on our journey with God. I taught a lesson several years ago on the journey. 
And the reality of it is, is every one of us that have been born again, we are on a journey. Okay, we are on a journey. The Bible calls us pilgrims passing through this land. We are citizens what, of a, another country. That means we are on a journey, but in this journey that we are on, it is important that we embrace a certain thing that's going to cause us to be uh, uh, the best me that we can be. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be the best me that I can be. Now, we have to be careful how we embrace that phrase because being the best me that I, ha I can be does not really cause me to focus on me from the sense it's all about me. But being the best me that I could be is surrendering myself to God so that God can make me what he wants me to be. Okay. When God looked at Jesus after Jesus came up out of the water being baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and spoke out of heaven. And God said, what? This is what? My beloved son. In whom what? I am. Well. How many of you want to hear that? This is my beloved son. Now, as we deal with this particular subject on this morning, I want us to focus on the heart and the mind of God. It's important that as we uh, uh, not embark, because we're already on the journey, but it is important as we continue on this journey with God that we understand the heart and the mind of God. One of the most difficult things is living with somebody that you don't understand what's going on in their heart and their mind. Oh, I want, I want to make him happy. I want to make her happy. But if you don't understand what's going on in their hearts and their minds, you'll find it very difficult to do that. So now if we really want to please God, if we really want to honor God with our lives, it is important for us to understand his heart and his mind. What is it? That God desires out of our lives. Not what I want from God. But what is it that God wants from me? He brought me into his family with purpose. And I'm here to fulfill that purpose of God. What is it that you want? I don't come with a whole list of things that I want to God. Okay, I'm saved now. So I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And I want you to do No, 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 no. The first thing that Paul said to Jesus when he was knocked off of his beast on the road to Damascus, when he realized what was happening was what? Father, what is it that you would have me to do? We've talked about translation from translation to transformation. We're taken out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of his dear son. Which uh, 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 in reality causes us now to live in the kingdom. Okay. We talked about transformation and confirmation. Being transformed as uh, 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 Katrina so eloquently shared on this morning being transformed we were transformed out of a way of life 
Okay. The Bible tells us be ye transformed. Put off the old man. Okay. But then now it also said now be conformed. Now, and as we shared with you on last week, uh, even, even though Romans the 12th chapter said, be not conformed, it does not say totally we are not to conform to anything. It said, be not conformed, what? To this world. But then in Romans the 8th chapter said, now be conformed. We are, we God's desire for our lives is that we be conformed into the image of Christ. So I want you to see these inside of the context of the will and the heart of God. Even though we are transformed, we're putting off something, we're getting away from the old way of life and the old way of doing things. God said, now you got to conform now to something new. Conform, be conformed into the image of Christ. Don't be mistaken and allow even the church or the world to cause you to be conformed to it. Okay, believers should never allow themselves to be conformed to the world. Okay, there's a lot in the world. The Bible said, love not the world, but neither the things that are in the world. For they that love the world, for love of the world is Enmity. I want to challenge us on today. If we are to please God, we got to let some things go. And let me show you something. Letting things go is not just isolated to letting physical things go. More than anything, there are some mindsets that we need to let go. There are some ways of thinking that we need to let go. The Bible says, be what? Transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. If I want to change my behavior, I got to change the way I think. Come on. But we have to be careful now in doing that. I can change the way I think now in one category, but I can start thinking in another category that is totally still contrary to God. So when I renew my mind, I'm not just renewing my mind to anything. I want to renew my mind to the things of God. That's why the Bible tells us in, the, in Philippians, the second chapter says, let this mind. When you start uh, uh, being conformed, when you start embracing conformity, be careful because there's a lot of things out there that will entice you to conform to it. Even believers. But if we are to please God, we have to allow our minds to embrace the mind of the kingdom. Another thing I shared with you on last week, and I want to reemphasize this, a lot of times when you read the New Covenant, the New Testament, you'll see the word mind and heart used. Many times these are one and the same. The Bible tells us that as a man thinketh where? In his heart. What? 
so is he. Okay. Out of the abundance of the heart. Now, I want you to see this here now, because a lot of times when we look at mind, it's not this mind here, this fleshy mind. Or when we look at heart, it's not this pumping organ in our chest. The mind and the heart, a lot of times as we look in scripture, is the center of our existence. It is the, that uh, uh, um, point in our lives that we embrace truths, embrace mentalities that will affect our behavior. Now, we can still easily say, that's this up here. But I want you to understand something. When we start talking about the mind or the heart, we are talking about that part of us that emotions are developed in. Desires and wills and appetites are, are, are produced. So now, here when we talk, talking about taking on the mind of Christ, we're not just talking about thinking academically. Come on. We want that part of us that make decisions for our lives where emotions come forth. Come on. So now we got to surrender. I surrender all. We got to surrender our hearts and our minds to God if we want to please God. Now I want us to see this when we look at the overall plan of God. We look at the overall plan of God. And I, I, I want to challenge us here today as you uh, continue on your journey with God. As you spend time in the word of God, ask God to allow you to take a peek into his overall plan for your lives. As we look at the overall plan of God for humanity, let's just go ahead, for humanity. <clears throat> It has always been the heart of God that we manifest his character. I want you to look at this here now because if you can just get this, then you could understand the power of now embracing a kingdom mind. That has always been God's heart. From the beginning, from the time that he created man in the garden. You remember when God created man in the garden? And, and, and after the sixth day, he said, now let us what? Make man what? In our own image and what? After our likeness. Now you got to understand that. Don't pass over that. Because what he was saying here, let us make man with the capabilities of being just like us. Okay. My image, an image of a thing is nothing more than a reflection of that thing. So now God said, when I create man, I wanted man in the earth realm to be a reflection of what I am in the heavens. If you notice throughout scripture, whenever God did a work in the earth, uh, uh, when God challenged different ones, when God was challenging Moses concerning the tabernacle, God said, make it after the form of what? That which is in heaven. So now when God made man and placed him in the earth realm, he also wanted man to walk in his character. God wanted his character 
to walk up and down the earth. You got to see this, y'all. God hasn't changed. That has not changed. Even though we've gone over 6,000 years, that is still the focus of God. Even though the enemy came in and took man off course, it still did not change God's heart. God said, I still want you, Michelle, to reflect my character. I still want you, Andrea, to reflect my character. So now when we look at the heart of God, <laughs> you got to embrace that now. You, you got to become married to the purpose of God. Mm. You got to become married to that. The Bible tells us in Romans the 8th chapter, we covered this last week in the last couple of weeks, Romans the 8th chapter and the 29th verse, it says, for whom the Lord did what? Foreknow whom he knew before. Look at your neighbors and God knew you before. <laughs> in fact, God knew you before you came on the scene. Okay. Whom he did foreknow, he also did what? predestinate or predetermined that what they would be conformed what into the image of Christ God said before you came out of your mother's womb he said I know you and I had a pre-plan for you to become just like Jesus that you would be conformed into the image of Christ he said, that's what I wanted from the beginning. Okay? That word image is still there. You'll find that word image strewn throughout the scripture. That you will be conformed into what? The image of Christ. And the next verse said that he, Jesus Christ, would be what? The firstborn among what? Many brethren. How many brethren we have in the room? I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about those that are of the body of Christ. That he, Jesus Christ, will be the firstborn among what? Many brethren. When you are conformed into the image of Christ, then now Jesus now is the firstborn of all of the brethren. Because now you're just like him. You're just like him. You're just like him. And being like Christ is not going around wielding a power sword, uh, trying to get, no, being like him is walking in the character of the Father. Jesus did not come to the earth wielding power. He came to the earth to introduce humanity to a kingdom mind. You remember when Jesus came, to, came on the scene, I think it is in the fourth chapter of Luke, he said, behold what? The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is what? 
at hand. He said, I need you to understand something now. I came to introduce you to the kingdom of God. I came to introduce you to a mentality now that is totally different from what you have embraced, been embracing all of your life. I came to introduce you to a mentality now that would help you now come into who God has called you to be. Behold, the kingdom of God is what? At hand. It's at hand. Now we love the idea of saying, I'm a kingdom kid. We love the idea of the saying, oh, I'm living in the kingdom. Okay, we, we love that. But I want you to understand living in the kingdom is not just a geographic position that we've taken. Living in the kingdom means that I'm living according to the mind of the kingdom. Kingdom mind produces kingdom character. <laughs> and if you look at the heart and the mind of God, I want you to see this. When you look at the heart and the mind of God, God has always been more focused on character than anything else. If you notice when Jesus came on the scene, and I want you to look at this, if you notice when, when Jesus came on the scene, <laughs> what he taught? Character. Contrary to a lot of what we teach today, when I say we, I'm talking about the general population in the body of Christ. Contrary to what we teach today, amen, Jesus taught character. He didn't teach wealth and riches. You know, he taught character. Yes, so it's quiet in here. But the reason why Jesus taught character is because that's what the Father wanted for his people. Okay. Not only did Jesus teach character, he exemplified character. Okay. I want you to see this here now. You, 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 you got to see this. Let me go this way first. If you look throughout the New Testament, as you read the New Testament and read the apostles, the writings of the apostles, very, very, very few times do you hear them talking about anything but character. Love. Forgive. Esteem others better than yourselves. Come on. It's talking about character. If we are and I want us to see this because this is where God's heart is for us. If we are to be in the earth what God wants us to be. You see, what, let me show you what happens is that we, we were saved, we were born again, and we got our ticket signed for heaven, and that's what we're waiting for. Okay, 
Oh, I'm going to heaven when I die. And that's good. You, you should expect that. But I want you to also understand that God left you in the earth realm for a purpose. And that purpose is not just for you to wait twiddling your thumb for the rapture. He left you in the earth realm so that now you can walk his will out in the earth because God wants the earthlings, those that are not of the kingdom, to be able to understand what a kingdom mentality is all about. If you look at the children of Israel, and I want you to see this, when you look at the children of Israel, when God selected the children of Israel to be his special people. Now we understand a man of the the end product of that was that the children of Israel would be that nation that would give birth to the king. Okay. But I need you to look at this a little bit further. God also selected the children of Israel so that through the children of Israel, the rest of the world would begin to see what God is all about. God dealt with the children of Israel in such a way now that the rest of the world, you remember Nebuchadnezzar? When Nebuchadnezzar was going through his little, you know, tirade and saying, look at what I've done. And God sent him into the wilderness to crop wheat like a, a beast. And after he came to himself, he said, surely, 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 I recognize that it is God that rules in the affairs of men. Why? Because when, when, when men look at... Uh, what God was doing with the children of Israel, it allowed them to see his heart. That's why God gave them the commandments. The commandments is nothing more than the things that God desires out of our lives. And if they were to live that, then now the heathen nations or the Gentile nations would understand how God is. One of the greatest mistakes, and let me show you, I'm trying to keep from going over here, here, there, there, there. One of the greatest mistakes that we can embrace is the fact that God saved me for myself. And look at me now. No, God saved you for others. God want to use you to let other folk know how he feel about situations and circumstances. That's what he wanted from the children of Israel. It wasn't that God had this total negative mentality about the Gentiles and the heathen people. No, the Bible said God loved the whole world. It was just that he chose the children of Israel to reflect him to the rest of the world. And believe you me, God saved you not for you to go out here and say, look at what I am. And then, no, God saved you so that now he can flow through you so that the rest of the world can see the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God. You're not all of that. Separate and apart from God, Paul said, such were every one of us. Come on. But by the grace of God. But the grace of God in us is not to build us up, but the grace of God in us is designed now to show forth the mercy and the power of God. So now when we look at this here, let's, let's go here. The gospel of the kingdom. I taught, I taught a little bit on this last week. Or the gospel of Christ. As we shared earlier, 
Jesus came to introduce us to kingdom life. So you taught a gospel that will produce kingdom life. Look at this here now. The gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel of the kingdom or the good news that was taught is designed to challenge the lie. What do you mean, Bishop? We have been living a lie. Okay. Before salvation, we were living a lie. The Bible said Satan took this whole world off course. He's charted the course of this world. He have established mentalities and mindsets in this world that we embraced and we walked by. Okay. I don't care. We may become millionaire billionaires, but it was still a product of the lie. Okay. I need you to understand something. We lived according to the lie from the time that Satan accosted Eve in the garden and distorted the truth of God. We from that point were living according to the lie. Okay, but the gospel of the kingdom now is designed to challenge that lie. Don't allow yourself to be resistant to the gospel of the kingdom because now it'll take you out of those feel-good messages that make you feel good about yourself. No, allow the word to challenge the lie that we have embraced so long. It's not about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. Come on. The, the lie has taught us it's all about us. Yes. And it has infiltrated the church. Even in the church now, we feel that salvation is all about us. It's not about you. It's still about the will and the purpose of God that God would have some children that will manifest his character. And this is what Jesus came back to, to bring us back on course. It's not about you. He told them, said, well, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You're focusing on the wrong thing. It's not about you. Everybody. It's about the will and the purpose of God. You see, we have been so caught up with the lie. Let me show you. That even after salvation, we still figure out ways how to keep the lie working because it still satisfy this. Satisfy this. I want you to look at this. The primary thing that we focus on in life is taking care of this. Even as believers. I want God so he can take care of my needs. I want God so that whenever I need him to solve a problem, he's there. I want God so that now... Whatever my needs are, come on. So we still find ways 
to have that lie incorporated in our lives. But the message of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ, does not facilitate that lie. The gospel of the kingdom said, if any man, Jesus said what? If any man is to follow me and be my disciple, do what? Let him what? First of all, do what? Deny yourself. Can we do that? Can we do that for one day? The Lord. Wake up in the morning and say, it's not about me today, God. It's all about you. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, God, it's not about me. It's about you. If any man is to be my disciple, his first trend of thought, his first thought process must be deny self. That's a great challenge to the lie. We've told folk, uh, even in the church, uh, God take care of those that take care of themselves. We told folk uh, that, you know, child, don't be no fool now. God don't want anybody to be a fool. You know what my Bible tells me in Corinthians? Paul said, I became a fool for Christ. If I embrace that mentality that is being taught, it's still all about me. Child, I don't let nobody take advantage of you. Don't, don't, let, don't let nobody run over you. Sometimes you got to put people in their place. Child, you still letting folk just, you know, take out, you, you, know, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Or something, something like that, how it goes. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, whatever it is, you know, it was something designed to, you know, take care of this shit. And we've embraced that in the church. Come on, y'all. You know what? Based on our philosophies that we have embraced in the church, Jesus was the biggest fool that ever walked. Jesus let folk talk about him. He didn't care. When it was time to minister to him, Jesus was right there to minister to him. Jesus even knew their thoughts, y'all. Jesus knew their thoughts. You never heard Jesus say, man, I'm going over here a minute, and I know what's going on in their mind. These folk don't want to see me. They don't want to hear me. But it didn't stop him. They called him everything but what he was. He never would go to God and say, God, you know, I, I know I agreed to this before I came down, but God, I didn't realize these folk were going to be this terrible. God, God, you, 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 you know, no. He kept on being what we would consider a fool. But we'll clap our hands and we'll applaud, amen, what he did for us. He was led to the slaughter and he never said a mumbling word. Oh, I thank God for Jesus. Okay, we, we, we love that. But you know what the Bible said? The Bible says what? Greater love hath no man than this, that a what man should what? Lay down 
his life for his friend. That ain't just Jesus now. That's you. Look at somebody and say, I love you. You know what God says about that? He said, when you embrace that from my perspective, he said, you'll be willing to lay down your life for a friend. Now, I want you to understand something because I, I need you to understand. I'm not just talking about taking a bullet for them. And there may come a time that you have to do that. It's okay because if I take a bullet for you, I'm on my way to heaven. Okay. But I want you to see something here. Let's not even look at the bullet. Let's look at lay down my convenience. Come on. Lay down something that I want right now for you, Peter. You, 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 you know, I see that you have a need, but right now I'm focused on doing this for me and I'm focused on this over here. But, you, you know, I'll catch you later. I'll catch you. Call me tomorrow. Call me next week. You know, I'll get to you, you know, but right now I got it. How many of us are willing to just put aside our needs for the moment? I'm talking about a kingdom mentality now because when you look inside of scripture, when Jesus began to teach them the mind of the kingdom, you look inside of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus taught the mind of the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in heart. Blessed are those that they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. These are all mentalities that God wants us to embrace in order to produce character. Come on. Now he said, blessed are those folk, those folk that will forget about themselves and embrace my heart and my mind. And if you look throughout that chapter of Matthew 5 and inside of Matthew 6, we'll find out the lifestyle of the kingdom. He said that folk asked you to go one mile, go two miles with him. Come on. That was not just something that Jesus was saying just to sound good. You, you, you know how sometimes we preach a message just as we preach? No, Jesus taught the mind of the kingdom, the mind and the mentality that we are supposed to embrace. Come on. Praise the Lord. He said, this is what I want you to embrace. Praise the Lord. Dash it for your coat. Give them your cloak too. If they revile you, don't revile them back. You heard that it says you love your neighbor. He said, but I tell you a greater truth. Love your enemies. Do good to them that despitefully use you. If you want to embrace the mentality of the kingdom, love your enemies. The one that always talking about you. Can you fall on your knees and say, God, help them? Or will you say, God, kill them? Killing them is a selfish prayer because I want them out of my life. I'm tired of dealing with their foolishness. But helping them is one that I'm concerned about them. God, help them. 
We always so quick to put our well-being before the will of God. Come on, and we got to really understand this here as we, we go inside of uh, 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 what God is wanting for our lives. We got to make sure now that we are embracing the mentality of the kingdom. There was a message that was that infiltrated the body of Christ uh, a number of years ago, maybe a couple of decades ago. Uh, um, and, and you may have heard of it, the kingdom now message you remember the kingdom now message dominion now okay there was a message it, it was primarily in the u.s and 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 a lot in england uh, uh and and it came about during <clears throat> the it, uh, it, it came to uh blossom during the charismatic movement now you know you've heard of the charismatic movement okay uh, um and they were teaching a message of kingdom now or dominion now and inside of that message because I want you to see something here inside of that message it directed the attention of the people totally to me it said now God wants us the body of Christ to build kingdoms now in the earth because now that shows now that we really have dominion. So what happened, men and women in the body of Christ, men and women of God, went out and started buying up property and buying up buildings and building what they call campuses. And I want you to understand, because this is in no way to come against those pastors and leaders that have campuses that are walking inside of the will of God. But I want you to see a mentality that the devil has used to infiltrate the church because they were using a lot of them were using this mentality now to build themselves okay so now what happened now is as a result of that you that are in the pew you now begin to associate progress inside of God with being able to obtain things and stuff okay that's where that prosperity message became fortified so now everybody began wanting to become rich come on so now we'll use the church to become rich I don't know how many times that I've been prophesied to that I'm going to be a millionaire come on now, 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 now that's just the reality of it is now Come on. And oh, it sounded so good. Oh, my God. God said, I'm going to be a millionaire. And it does not mean that some of us won't be millionaires. But that is not my, uh, 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 the thing that I'm striving for. If a millionaire come as a result of me serving God, then thank God for it. But it, if it doesn't, Paul said, I've learned this one thing. I've learned. I've learned how to be abased, and I've learned how to abound. I've had plenty, and I've had lack, and I've learned that whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I'm not going to let you fool me into now striving for things and stuff and abandon the will and the purpose of God. And this is what we've had in the church. We've got folk now that are striving for everything than to walk in the character of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is designed to produce men and women that will walk in character, not men and women that will be rich. Come on. So we got to take on the mind of Christ. 
Godly character, godly character must be our priority. Let me say that again. Godly character must be our priority. Godly character is found in Galatians, the fifth chapter. And the 22nd verse says, for the fruit of the spirit is what love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. This is, this is godly character. These are fruit. The fruit of the tree uh, displays the character. <laughs> you can find several trees that look alike. I was in Jamaica for 13 years, and there are a number of mango trees, and a lot of them look alike. But when I take the fruit of the tree, then I really find out the real character. This is a Julie mango tree, or, 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 or this is a, a, another. I forgot all of the names. Come on. So the fruit is what displays the character. <laughs> Come on. So now, what God says now, this is what I want you to focus on, is producing character. Look at this, and, and I, I got to close. Look at this. We're still in Matthew, the 5th, 6th, and 7th verse. 5th, 6th, and 7th chapter. <clears throat> in the 6th chapter of Matthew, I think it's somewhere around about the 27th, 28th verse, I'm not sure. <clears throat> when he started talking to them about take no thought. Now, he was talking to those followers of him. And I said earlier, he was establishing a mindset that we are to embrace. Okay. Now, he looked back and said, take no thought. Look at your neighbors and take no thought. <clears throat> In other words, don't worry about stuff. Don't take thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to be cruel. Don't, 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 don't spend, don't use your energy trying to make sure those things are taken care of. Come on, I, I need you to see this. I want you to see the mind of the kingdom that Jesus taught us. He said, don't take thought for those things. Now, it does not mean now that those things we don't have need of, but he said, don't you focus on those things. Don't let those things be your priority in life. Don't let those things be the thing, the reason why you get up in the morning and go about your day. Let your reasoning be because I want to honor God. Even if I have a job making six figures, my purpose for going to the job is not to bring that check in on the, on the 15th or every week or the end of the month. My purpose for going on that job is to exemplify and display the character of Christ. That's just a bonus. But if I, I, I go on it, okay, you know, wow, I'm making six figures. I'm going to be able to buy me a new car at the end of the year. And that house that we've been thinking about, I'm going to be able to get that. Oh, yeah, wow. So now, now let me show you now. <clears throat> if that's the mentality that I'm embracing, Ophelia, you, you're working the same job with me. And you start aggravating. You're going to start talking to the boss about this is about it and this is about this and that. 
you're interfering with my money. I ain't going to let you do that. Okay? Because my reason for being here is that I can pull down that six, those six figures. But if I embrace my real, real reason that God allowed me to get this job, which is to show forth his character, when you start talking about me, you start running me down to the boss, I'm not going to go behind your back and go to the boss. I'm going to go to God. Come on. And I'm going to God, not say, God, shut her mouth. But I'm going to God and say, God, you have your way. If, if, if you want this job to be ended, then God, you, you gave it to me. You remember, you remember Job? You remember Job and Job lost everything he had? Job said, the Lord gave, and the Lord take away. I had this because God gave it to me. Come on. I'm talking about a kingdom mind. Kingdom mind produces kingdom character. <clears throat> and then I'm going to go to this last scripture, same scripture we ended up with last week. Philippians 4 and 8. Uh, if you'd put it up on the screen for me. In fact, <clears throat> started at the sixth verse. Started at the sixth verse. It says what? Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. If I'm a child of God, then my life is in what? His hand. If I worry about things, that means I'm not trusting God with my life. If I worry about things, I'm looking for the quickest way to get out of it. But the Bible says what? Be careful for what? Nothing. Can you think of anything in your life that you are stressed out about now or worried about? God said, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But what? In all things, what? With what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Do you believe that that works? You see, the reason why we don't really go ahead, because really in our heart, we don't really believe it's going to work. We believe that we can do things better than God can. Okay. But he said, in everything, first of all, by prayer, we sing the song, take your burden to the Lord and do what? <laughs> if you trust him and never doubt, he was surely. Come on. But we put God on the timer. If it don't happen according to our time. Oh, God. Oh, my God. No. Rest. Look at your neighbors. Rest. Rest. So be careful for nothing. But in all things, 
with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. And I love the fact that they put thanksgiving in there because thanksgiving puts on the front end before it happens, God, I thank you. I've given it to you, God. I thank you. I don't even see it yet, but I thank you. I want you to know that I'm resting inside of what you say. God, I thank you in advance. Some of us hold our thanksgiving until the, 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 everything works out. But let thanksgiving be a part of your prayer. Because, God, I've given it to you. God, these things are, are, are getting next to me and it's causing me. Now it's trying to cause me to move out of character. But, God, I give these things to you and I'm trusting you that you'll fix it. And I'm going to go on satisfying you. I'm going to go on honoring you. I'm going to go on pleasing you. And when we do that, God, I thank you. Come on. Let your request be made known unto God. And as a result of that, the Bible said the peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world give. The world give peace that are, that are entangled with situations changing. But God give you peace inside of the fact that he's in control. God, he said, my peace. He said, the peace of God would pass it understanding. Will keep what? Your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And then now the eighth verse says this. Finally, brethren, <clears throat> summing up all of this that I've said, so finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? Say that again. Say that again. That means he's telling you that you got the power to think on these things. Stop thinking about what the negatives that's going on. Stop thinking about your past hurts. Stop thinking about all that people are doing to you. Stop thinking about how difficult it is. Oh, child, it's so hard. Now, come on. He said, think on these things. Think on these things. What I think on controls my behavior. What I think on the most controls my behavior. If I want to manifest the character of Christ, if I want to indeed be conformed into the image of Christ, I've got to take on the mind of Christ. I don't care what's going on in my life. Think on the things of God. That could be difficult. But God is letting you know that you have the, you have the ability to challenge those negative thoughts. 
you have the ability to challenge stop allowing those negative thoughts to control you you realize sometimes we can entertain negative thoughts that we just totally get ourselves so far out of God in our mind that oh, I don't even feel like going to church today. I don't even feel like praying. I don't feel like doing. Come on. Why? That's only a product of your negative thinking. Come on. That's the time you should be praying. That's the time that you should be coming to the house of God. Maybe God will speak a word that will help elevate you above what it is that you're going through. Think on these things. Find yourself find yourself spending time in the word of God. Find yourself discovering the purpose of God and the plan of God for your lives. And begin to think on those things. He didn't say trouble won't come. But he did say, I'll be with you in the midst of trouble. Come on. He didn't say folk won't talk about you and persecute you. He said, but blessed are they. When folk talk about you and persecute you for my name's sake, you should be happy. You're allowing them to see your character in me. Come on. Stand to your feet. <clears throat> kingdom mind. Kingdom character. How many of you, I know we've been dealing with this for the last several months, probably about the last two months. But how many of you can honestly say that it's still your desire to be like Jesus? Come on. I still want to be like him. God, I came short, but God, I still want to be like you. Oh, God. Mm. God, I allow my emotions to cause me to go off course, but God, I still want to be like you. Help me. Hmm. Here God is giving us a remedy. If you want to be like me, start thinking like me. Allow the truth to challenge the lie. Don't be afraid to say, I've lived according to the lie. Don't be afraid to say that. Because if I don't identify, I will never allow the word to deal with it. We've lived according to the lie. Even in the body of Christ. We've lived according to the lie. Lift your hands to him if you will. <clears throat> Those of you that are online, if you will, in your own heart, surrender yourself to God. Father, we bless you today. We thank you. 
because you're making plain your will and your purpose for us. God, some of this, God, comes as a challenge because we've been trained, God, to think like the world. We've been trained, even in the church, to take care of self, put self first. But God, we present ourselves to you right now. As the psalmist sung the song on this morning, we give you all of us. We surrender everything about our lives into your hands. Even those areas, Lord, that we feel that is difficult. God, we ask you for your help. God, help us to change our minds about you, about life, about our walk with you, God. That we will trust you with every aspect of our lives. Mm, oh God, forgive us, Lord, for living the lie. Forgive us, Lord, even after we've been brought into the truth. We still live the lie. Forgive us, Lord. And I pray right now, God, that by Jesus Christ, that we will be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man. That the life of Christ in us would override our negative thoughts, our negative emotions, our fleshly desires. And God, that everything in us would align itself to your will and to your purpose. We want to please you, Lord. Somebody lift your hand and say, God, I want to please you. God, I know you know how to take care of my work, my situation. You know how to take care of my thing. You see, you know what things we have need of even before you ask. So, God, I'm going to leave that in your hands. I'll talk to you about it at different times. But, God, my priority is to be found walking in your character. Help us, Lord. So that indeed Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren, and I will be one of those brethren that will be just like my elder brother Jesus. When he was reviled, he did not revile again, but he prayed, he continued to love. Help us, Lord. Somebody lift your hands and say, help us, Lord. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody just clap those hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Come on, clap those hands and say, Lord, I'm on my way. Come on, say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way, God. Hey, shout out about video.
You may be seated. Mm. I want to encourage us on today that out of all that we do, out of all of our aspirations that we embrace in life, never allow any of those things to take priority over you manifesting the character of Christ. That was his desire for you when he created the first you. The first you was Adam. <laughs> that was his desire then. And when he recreated you according to the second Adam, it's still his desire. First Corinthians, I think it is 1449 or 1349 said, as we have borne the image of the earthly, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Oh yes, we 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 bear the image of the earth. We we so you know, we 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 really did it. But he said, now that we are born again, our desire is to bear the image of the heavenly. Walk in his character. Love. Let's love, Lord, y'all. Let's love. Let's walk in the joy of God. The peace. The long suffering. The gentleness and the goodness. The meekness and the temperance and the faith. Let's, let's walk in that. If we do that, God said, I'll take care of your lives. I'll take care of all of those things. Those things that you worried about, God said, I can fix them. I can fix them with the pop of a finger. But God said, yield your heart to me so that I can change your heart so that your character can change. Thank you, Lord. We bless God. I'm going to close. I've closed already my third time. So we thank God for that. I trust that you all are being blessed. I trust that you all are hearing God. I trust that you're hearing God. Amen. Do that online. We certainly thank God for you bearing with us through these words. We trust that your lives are aligning with the will of God. And you're not intimidated to allow the word to challenge the lie that we have been living for all of our lives. Again, we thank God. Amen. I want to, um, at this point, let's do it this way because I want to also uh, invite our online audience to participate with us every first Sunday. We do partake of the Lord's Supper. And uh, um, we want to do that at this point, even before we do the offering, we want to do that um, at this point, um, partake of the Lord's Supper. You that are here, I trust that you already have your emblems uh, um, in your hand. If you don't, lift your hands and um, somebody will make sure that you get it so that we can all participate together. You that are online, I want to give you time. If you want to participate with us, you can go ahead and get those emblems together or those items that you want to uh, um, use as proxy. You know, for the Lord's Supper, God is looking at our hearts. And um, as we partake 
of the Lord's Supper, as the scripture tells us, as often as you do this, you do so forth the Lord's death until he comes. So this is nothing more than our way of acknowledging what he has done for us. And also acknowledging the fact that God, I'm lining up with your purpose for doing it. God, you came, you bled, and you died, not just for us to go to heaven, but so that we can live out our lives in the earth just like you. We want to participate in this on today, and I want you to get those emblems together as we partake of the Lord's Supper together. Jesus admonished those disciples as he shared the Lord's Supper on that last evening. You can turn it down some. As he shared the Lord's Supper with them, he encouraged them to do that often and said, as often as you do it, you show for in the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for what you've done for us. But I thank you for the purpose for which you've done it, Lord. And it's not just for us to go to heaven, but you want us to be partakers of your mission here in the earth. That is going about showing and manifesting the love and the character of Christ. God, it's an honor that you've invited us to be a part of that mission and we thank you for it. We thank you for the blood that was shed. We thank you for the body that was broken. We bless you for it. Now, Father, I pray, God, that even as we partake of these emblems on today, God, if there's anything in our lives, God, that offends you, anything in our lives that is contrary to your will, that you would move it out, even sicknesses and diseases, God, because we want to serve you with health, good health. We pray, God, that you would heal those sick bodies right now. We give ourselves into your hands right now. We ask you that you will continue to have your way in our lives. We thank you and we bless you for it, God. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray these prayers, this prayer. Amen. And amen. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.